today on The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. The present, the future, it's all ours in Christ because we belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Man, what an inheritance we have. Therefore, in the church, as the culture begins to bleed into much of the church, Paul said to Corinth, this is what you do. This is how you live. And God's saying the same thing to all of us right now in this moment of His history. The truth is, our nation is in desperate need of change. Welcome to The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. Today, Dr. Young shares his message called A Ghost Forest, painting a stark picture of American culture and revealing how you can be a force for revival in our nation. That message begins in a moment. Now, here's Dr. Ed Young with today's message, A Ghost Forest. North Carolina has the greatest variety of trees in any other state of the Union. They have every variety of oak, white oak, black oak, blackjack oak, water oak. They have sassafras trees. They have beech. They have maple. They have all kinds of trees, and in the fall, Ladies and gentlemen, in the fall, about 5.2 million people go to North Carolina to see the fabulous trees that are there. Nothing else like it in America. Until 2015, a hurricane called Irene hit the coast. 125-mile-an-hour winds. But what happened also, more than any time we know in history, the salt water went way inland, and it got down underground and got down in the roots of this beautiful, beautiful forest. And now you have what they call, of NASA, that's recently photographed it, a ghost forest, a ghost forest, 21,000 acres, dead trees, gray, white. The beautiful, beautiful forest was gone. That's what is happening in the United States today. We have a hurricane flowing through our land, and just like that salt water began to hurt the very roots of North Carolina, we're seeing today the basic fundamental principles upon which our nation was built, the Constitution the bylaws, the freedoms being totally thrown aside, it seems like increasingly every day, every day as the alien poison begins to 
destroy the foundation of our land. Also, what's happening in the West in different areas, according to NASA photos. The plates, the titanic plates are beginning to move, and they also move underneath, and it destroys, it kills that which is above it. So we see a hurricane sweeping through our land by any honest, open, objective observation. I tragically pray that there'll be a reversal, a revival, a coming to God and coming to Christ all across the board from, from, from Washington to Seattle to Portland to New Orleans to Las Vegas to Houston. That's the only hope we have, ladies and gentlemen. And in the situation in Corinth, the Apostle Paul sees what is happening in the culture of Corinth, and the culture of Corinth had bled over with its salt water. And all of a sudden, the church was becoming more like the culture than the culture was becoming like the church. And folks, we must not let that happen in the body of Christ. Because the deadly poison will come in and destroy the foundation upon which we stand. Paul speaks to this and says, well, what do God-fearing people do in this SOS moment in the history of Corinth? It applies what we are to do in this SOS moment in the United States of America. Here's what Paul said to do. He starts off, we have the mind of Christ. Whoa. Did you get that? Now, Paul is about to deal with deep moral questions in the life of the people who are in the church at Corinth. He is going to come at them as clear as zigzag lightning, naming people chapter verse with how low the church had sunk and moved away from their Christian moorings. He's going to deal with it, but first of all, he does something else. He says, I want you to remember who you are. And I want you to remember what you have. And that's where we have to start. Before we get all out in the super negativity, let's as Christians remember who we are and remember what we have. And Paul says, you've got the mind of Christ. Listen, these are that we dealt with this in chapter one and chapter two, he ends up, we've got the mind of Christ. Gosh, if you and I have the mind of Christ and we're Christians, that's really something. But having the mind of Christ and using and developing the mind and the mentality of Christ is two different things, is it not? Having the mind of Christ means that as Christians, we have great potential. Potential means you haven't done it yet. That's what potential. Oh, they've got great potential. Okay, let's see some of it. We can have the mind of Christ and not trigger that mind in. We'll discover through the power of the Holy Spirit. When they said, you have the mind of Christ. So Paul is really challenging and thrilling the church before he gets down to deal with deep, deep moral problems in the church and those moral problems came from the culture in which the church found itself. Sound familiar? So you have the mind of Christ. Chapter 3, he says, 
And I, brethren, brothers and sisters, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. He said, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you're not able to receive it. What's Paul saying? Let's go back and understand this. It's important. There's three words translated flesh or fleshly there in these first verses. Paul is saying, you were flesh, means you were human, and I came to you and I fed you milk. That's what we feed the babies, okay? We feed milk. And what was milk? Milk was simply Christ came and died for your sin. That's milk. That's salvation. That's the first step. That's receiving Christ, praying the prayer. My Savior, that's milk. But he says, I want to feed you meat, but you're still like a natural person, like someone who's never known Christ. That's the way you're living. But I fed you milk then, but four plus years have gone by. He's writing back to the church. He said, you still on a milk basis. And that means Christ saved us in a situation where he died for our sins. Meat would be, I saved you from your sin. Follow me. Very subtle. Listen. Milk, salvation, I died for your sin. Meat, now you begin to move from your sin. The sin appetite is taken away. You're grown up. See the difference? They're still in kindergarten, and they need to move on up through adolescence and become mature, but they've stayed right there all this time. And then he goes on and talks about meat. He said, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it, baby's arm, and even today you're not able. He said, you are still fleshly, another Greek word is used. How do you know you're fleshly? There's jealousy, there's strife, and you are fleshly, and there's division. And when he says, I'm of Paul, another I'm of Apollos, are you not like normal men? And he says, what then is Apollos, verse 5, and what is Paul, servants to whom you believe, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one? What's this all about? He's saying you're still children, and you should grow up. The proof that you're still children is all the debating, the jealousy, the fractions. So, oh, I like Paul. And maybe Paul, remember, Maybe Paul was a Roman. Maybe he had a different color skin, you think? And then Peter, another one of their heroes, maybe he was Jewish. He would think a different color, maybe skin and background and language. And he said, here's somebody else. His Apollos, he was Egyptian. And he said, you're still partial. You've divided the church into groups. I like this one. I like that one. And he says, no, this is not how the church operates. And we'll see that. So we understand where we are. We have the mind of Christ, potential. But we're still in the low, low levels. we just come to Christ. We have matured and grown up in our faith, in our walk with the Lord, and we stay back here. And Paul says, you need to be up here, and I prove to you that you're still a child because you're divided, you're jealous, and there's strife among you. 
That's the beginning. And then Paul does something, speaking to the church there, and he's speaking to all of us. So we can get it. We see pictures. You know, Jesus taught in parables. He would tell a story, and it would, it would illustrate a profound truth. That was his primary method of teaching, was it not? And so Jesus said, I want to tell you a story. And then Paul uses the same picture here, not in parable, but he does it with a metaphor. A metaphor means this is like that. So we get it. This is like that. And now he's telling that church, as he's telling us in 21st century, you know who you are? Told them what they had, the mind of Christ. He said, now let me tell you who you are. And look at these verses. Look at verse 6. He said, I planted Apollos water, but God was calling the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who caused the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. He's saying, all of you in the church, you're God's field. You're God's field. And he said, Paul said, I came along and, and I planted the truth of God, the good news. He said, Apollos came along, he watered. He watered the field, you and I challenge to grow up. And, and Paul is saying, look, it doesn't matter who plants and who waters. It is God who calls the growth, the maturity. It's God who's behind all this. A seed is the word of God is planted there, but God takes and explodes it. So we're God's field. I thought about the parable in Matthew 13. Remember, Jesus got out of a boat and he looked up in the side of the mountain and he saw, I'm sure, somebody sowing seed. And Jesus looked up there and said, scattering seed, and that's the seed of truth, what happens to the seed? He said, some of it falls in the road. <laughs> yeah. He said, in the road, that's people who don't get it. Ever talk to somebody, you talk about God, Christ, church, and he goes, Phew. they don't get it. They just miss it. It's, it's blurred out. They don't want any part of it. Not interested. Boring. Silly, crazy, ridiculous. Then they tell you, well, I know somebody who's a Christian. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like the road. The truth is just stamped out. It's not interested. It doesn't apply. Don't understand it. He said, you sow other seed out there. It falls on stones, stony ground. What kind of happens that when the truth comes to somebody? We've seen it. Here is a rock. It's covered by soil. And somebody comes to Christ. Man, I have a new life a new beginning, I'm forgiven, I'm excited about God and Christ the church, and they're running around here on fire for God, and we say, isn't this wonderful? But the roots of their profession hit the rock. They just flame out, burn up, lose their passion. And here Paul is saying, that happens to us. We get excited and bang, shallow doesn't grow down anywhere, rocky soil. Then he said, there's another thing, the truth of God goes out and, and, and the word goes into thorns, into all kind of thorns. 
And, and the truth of God doesn't grow up in a life like that because those thorns were so wrapped up in the world. Man, I've seen a lot of people come to Christ in couples and they have children and unfortunately become successful, which is a tragic thing in a lot of lives. And then they get involved in this and that and travel and activities and games and sports and education and all the homecoming of all the colleges and universities and families. And all of a sudden, all the concerns of life, looking after all the stuff that surrounds you and surround me, and it's thorny ground. And the Word of God never develops and permeates all those aspects of life, see? But then he says, there's the fourth kind of ground. And by the way, all of us could mostly identify with those three pretty much, but he said, when the word of God and truth comes in, into life and they receive Christ and that ground is fertile, it is watered and it grows and you see maturity. In other words, about one-fourth, right? 25% make it, right? Really understand it and rejoice in it. What Paul is saying, he said, we're all God's field. We're God's garden. It's an agricultural picture. What happens to the truth of God when it comes to your life and my life? That's the bottom line. And then he goes on and gives us another the metaphor, and it's, it's beautiful. He said, we're not only God's field, but let me tell you what else we are. Look at it there in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. He says, we're God's building. We're not only a field, we're a building. He said, according to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, he said, I laid the foundation and another is building on it, for each man must be careful how he builds on it. No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. In other words, we can say Jesus is our foundation, okay? It's that rock upon we stand. What is that foundation? It is on Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, we are, if we are on his foundation, really, you know what that means? Everything in your life and my life runs through the grid, the grid of Jesus. We got the mind of Christ. We can develop and begin to think about eternal things, and it spills over into our practical life, and we're on that foundation, and everything, the grid goes through Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. And then Paul just says, here's the foundation. It's Jesus Christ. He said, now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, or hay, or stubble, he says, each man's work, verse 13, will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed by fire. Who? And the fire itself will test the quality of each person's work. If any man's work which has been built on it remains, he'll receive a reward. What's this all about? So here we are. We receive Christ. We make Christ the grid of our life. It is our foundation. And then the foundation is important, isn't it? But what's more important, what do you put on top of that foundation? That's you and that's me. What kind of materials do we use? The foundation determines how high the building can go. 
a foundation on Jesus Christ, man, that building can go all the way to heaven, right? So you got a foundation for really a life that means something, and you put a, a chicken coop on top of it. What's going to last? Gold, silver, precious stones. What, 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 what is gold, silver, precious? I don't know. That's what's going to last forever. We leave this earth, what's going to last when we graduate? What's going to be there? Gold, silver, precious stones. Gold, I thought of the golden rule, many things. Doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. Christ gives us the power to do that. And that's gold, isn't it? That's going to be here after we leave this earth. What does that really mean, the golden rule? It means whatever you need, that's what you give. I need somebody to comfort me. Comfort somebody. I need somebody to listen to me. Listen to somebody. I need somebody to care for me. Care for somebody. What you need is that which you give. Bread on the water works every time. So that's gold. That's going to last as we leave this earth with the practice of the golden rule. What is silver? By the way, silver is a valuable commodity. Silver reflects light better than anything I know. Silver is a conductor of power, of energy. So if we reflect something of the image of Christ as he is building in us to other people, that's the silver, isn't it? And in that silver, it conducts the life, the mentality of Christ to others. That's silver. That's going to last. And what about precious stones? Put precious stones in fire, what happens to a diamond? It gets brighter. Anything that's on it. True of most precious stone, emerald, sapphire. My goodness, they, they just catch fire when the fire goes out. It enhances. They stand. That's what's going to be here, these intangible things after we leave this earth. But what's going to be burned up? The wood that we built on top of our life. What would be wood? I looked up the word wood there. It had to do with a stock. It's the kind of wood that, you know, you put your head in, you're bound. I think a lot of people in the church live their life on the basis, Christianity is all of this that I do not do. I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't do that, and I don't do this. And that defines Christianity. That's wood. Silly. Not biblical. And then what is the hay? Wood, hay. Hay is what you would take, and you would fill in cracks, wouldn't you? You know, if, if you got a crack, you can take some hay, put some mud with it, fill in the cracks. It'll work for a while. It's temporary. It keeps the cold, the wind out. Hey, what happens when fire comes to hay? <laughs> Burns up. We fill in the cracks. I've got a problem in my life, and we put a Band-Aid on it. It's not healed before God, his grace. and We put a Band-Aid It burns up. What about, what about stubble that's there? Wood, hay, stubble. That, that's something else. Another kind of hay. You, you get in a, a barn, and we have somebody here who cleans a horse barn every morning, I'm looking at them. And when you clean it all up, there's still a stench, so you may put some hay down to cover it up, right? Bring a little better order in there, right? But when fire comes, the hay burns up, the stubble burns up, the wood burns up, it doesn't last. 
That's temporary panacea kind of things we do, even in our Christian life. And he says, you go to heaven, but it's such as by fire, by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, using biblical terminology. And then he says, not only are you these two things, you're God's building, you're God's field. He says an amazing thing here. Verse 16, do you not know that you are a temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. We are the very temple of God, and the picture there is in the holy of holies in the synagogue where the Shekinah dwells. When we receive Christ, now that spirit, which everybody has, is invaded by Christ and the Holy Spirit, and now there's the Holy Spirit indwelling in you and in me, and that's the part as we grow and mature in our faith because we're on that foundation. So there is that spiritual part that is renewed, and that is the soul that will last forever this body won't, but thank God we'll get a brand new resurrected body. The prototype was the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And our soul will reside there forever because we've received Christ and he's redeemed us and he's taken that human spirit and he's made it into a sanctuary, a temple for God Almighty. See, Paul is telling them, this is what you have, and this is who you are. And then he moves on, and he does a very fabulous thing here at the end. And I'll skip over some verses. In verse 30, he said, The Lord knows the reasoning of the wise, that they're useless. But let no man boast for... Look at verse 21, chapter 3. Paul says, For all things belong to you whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all things belong to you because you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. You need anything? This whole thing belongs to you. I can go to a mountain in Colorado and look over there and I don't own a foot of dirt in Colorado, but I look out there and say, look at the beauty. Man, that belongs to me. That belongs to me. All belongs to you. The present, the future, it's all ours in Christ because we belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Man, what an inheritance we have. Therefore, in the church, as the culture begins to bleed into much of the church, Paul said to Corinth, this is what you do. This is how you live. And God's saying the same thing to all of us right now in this moment of his history. You've been listening to The Winning Walk with Dr. Ed Young. We hope today's message has encouraged you to build your life on the proven truth of God's Word. Winning Walk is a listener-supported ministry your prayers and financial support allow us to bring proven truth to listeners around the world. Connect with us at winningwalk.org. That's winningwalk.org.